this episode of My Cat's Tale, let's meet Evie. We saw Evie's profile and it mentioned cerebellar hypoplasia. And I'm like, okay, what is this? Sometimes when we see her running, her front legs and her back legs kind of go at different speeds. She just kind of drifts. She'd been sitting at this foster house for longer than a lot of the other cats her age would have been. And we think she was just kind of underestimated. Joining me now on My Cat's Tale, another of our American listeners, the feline friend from across the Atlantic, Sam joined us. Hello, Sam. Hello, Ewan. Thanks How long until everybody knows that we know each other? Uh, now, I guess. Yeah, I guess, yeah, we're giving away. <laughs> no, 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 hide it. Let's not mention it. No. Who are not... you? Who? Where am I? Uh... Why am I here? <laughs> That's, look, these things happen. There are cats around us. Cats are lovely. But we're talking about one cat in particular here. Yeah, my, my girl Evie. Evie Podley is her full name. But yes, Evie around the house. Or uh, Cat Blue, Bloober, Bloobs, uh, Meowmers, uh, Professor Catface Meowmers. I think all of us who have a cat in our lives will end up giving them multiple alter egos. And I mean, in my experience, she never answers to any of them anyway. So it just is what it is. But yes, for, for the purposes of the show... Evie Podley or or just Evie. Is, oh, is she knows girl. all those names. She's just not going to respond to you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So where does the name come from? Let's start there. Well, the, the official name. We could be here all night if we do all the other ones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could do the sort of uh, uh, stream of consciousness that got me to half of those nicknames. But no, Evie, Evie Podley, uh, for any, any listeners who are fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, might get the reference. Uh, she was named after... Uh, winning queen, spoiler alert, sorry, uh, Evie Oddly, who is w- was a favorite of both my fiancé and mine since since she had her first appearance on her first episode. Very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just very, very unique, very blazed her own trail, did things her own way, great attitude, amazing laugh, and just very magnetic sort of presence. Uh, and as we got to know Evie, and I can think we'll kind of come to this with her origin story with us, we always kind of had, we played around with the idea about naming a cat after a drag performer that we liked, or some other pop culture reference. And we thought, oh, Evie, Evie Oddly, oh, Evie Podly, that'd be a cute thing. And when we decided to sort of pull the trigger and actually adopt a cat together, we met Evie, uh, at the time Tina, according to her foster, her foster family, and we realized the name just fit. Uh, Evie Oddly, the human, uh, has a, a connective tissue disorder called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which you know she moves in a very interesting way, her almost almost rubber-like, constantly in motion, and and it's something that would often cause her injuries. And a lot of the other contestants on her season kind of underestimated her because she was, you know, she twisted an ankle and this and that. But at the end, she moved in her own way and made her own identity. And you couldn't mistake who she was and how she did things. And she was absolutely brilliant, even though some underestimated her. When we saw the page on Petfinder for, at the time, Tina, soon to be Evie Podley, it said that she was diagnosed with cerebellar hypoplasia. 
which is not a muscular skeletal disorder like Ehlers-Danlos is. It's a, a neurological disorder that's not uncommon in cats. Uh, and she moves in her own way. And uh, she'd been sitting at this foster house for longer than a lot of the other cats her age would have been. And we think she was just kind of underestimated, but she moves in her own way. She's unmistakable. She's undeniable. And she does kick butt in her own way. She, nothing stops her. And so we realized the name was more than just a cute pun. It was really, really fitting for her. So what's your history with cats? Not much, surprisingly enough. I, I grew up in a household where my dad and most likely I think my brother as well were very, very allergic. So we were a dog-only household, maybe a goldfish, but no no cats were ever part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, I grew up with, you know, Big Black Lab and a couple of boisterous corgis and, and dogs that very much made their presence known. And the thing about dogs is I had always thought that with a dog, you always know where you stand. You can read them, you know exactly what their body language is. And I just thought the cats were this unknown mystery to me. It's like they just sit there, like you don't know what they're thinking. You can't read their signals as easily, or at the time I couldn't. And so I never really was close to a cat until I was in a relationship with my now ex-boyfriend, who's still a very good friend of mine. And we'd been together for about a year or so. And he was like, you know what? I want to adopt a cat. So I helped him pick his his cat, uh, Aiko, who's a lovely girl. So obviously spent a lot of time with her. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get this. You know, she had her own her own deal and her own personality. But I'm like, okay, I, I see the appeal. And then I realized just how much I could connect with a cat. That I could make those connections emotionally that I didn't necessarily have to see a wagging tail or, or a smiling, panting, barking face to know what's going on. And so, you know, when I broke things off with my ex, I, and things progressed with my now fiance, you know, I always kind of thought dogs are very high maintenance, always constantly taking them out. We live in the upper Midwest. I'm in Minneapolis. So we kind of decided that, you know, Steve, my, my, my fiance grew up with, barn cats, working, you know, who's on a farm, uh, working dogs and one small indoor dog. So he kind of had the full experience. And we kind of decided, yeah, once we, it, eventually a cat would be in our future. And yeah, and that's kind of what kind of got things in motion. I'm like, I, now that I've had the experience with my ex's cat, Ico, I felt a lot more comfortable about potentially bringing in, bringing in an, another cat of my own in the future. How close were you to Ico? Pretty close. Yeah, I mean, my my ex and I lived together for, oh, I guess just over a year or so. So, you know, I was, you know, Ico was right there. She was she was my cat as well. And honestly, saying goodbye to her as as my relationship with my ex ended was just as painful as the relationship ending with my my ex. Uh, I do still see her. Like I said, we are we are still good friends. So, um, but he, he she was always very much his cat. I was. I, you know, they they were together before I moved in with him or w before he moved in with me, I should say. So, you know, Aiko was always my ex's cat and that was fine. But I was, look I was looking forward to having one of my own. I've talked to a lot of people in this podcast about that period between losing a cat and deciding that the time is right in your life for another cat. So obviously these are different circumstances, but was there a period where you felt you had to wait 
that you weren't ready to move on from Aiko? You know, there was the the missing aspect of, of not having her around. But, you know, my life was kind of in flux. Uh, you know, we broke up. And I started not super long after seeing my my now fiance. So I felt that I wasn't spending quite enough time at home to have the cat all to myself. I didn't feel that it would be, you know, at the time I was working out of the house, the cat would have been alone a lot of the time. I didn't feel that I was quite in that place quite yet. Uh, It wasn't until I had moved in with my now fiance before I felt kind of ready for that again. How long, who who got there first? You or your fiance? I think it was sort of a mutual decision. I don't think either one of us suggested to the other, hey, let's get a cat. And it was a novel idea. I think it was just always sort of, we enjoy cats. That is a, that is a pet that would work well in this home. If eventually we progressed to the point where we would get a pet, that would be what we would do. And I moved in to his place. It would have been, oh, it was, it was, it was during COVID, frankly, the, during the early stages of, of COVID. So yeah, mid to mid, mid to late 2020. And for the sort of combined, my, my birthday's in January. So a sort of combined Christmaka birthday, I open up a, a little package that he's given to, to me for, for the holiday. And there are a, it's a little package of little catnip mice. He's like, yeah, well, we're ready to do this. And it was it was the best gift ever. And uh, yeah, so like January 2nd or 3rd, we started scouring Pet Finder to find the right one for us. And Evie's profile just kind of stood out. You know, I kind of specifically looked for cats who were not kittens. We kind of wanted, because I wasn't a very experienced cat owner, we had... My ex had adopted Aiko and she was about a year old, so I don't really have a lot of kitten experience. And frankly, neither does my fiance. So we kind of wanted, we knew that we wanted a cat that already knew how to cat because we weren't quite experienced enough with a kitten yet. I Maybe I just have a soft and squishy spot in my heart for the forgotten ones, but I, I specifically looked at cats with special needs that I, as an inexperienced cat owner, could potentially work with. And we saw Evie's at the time, Tina's profile, and it mentioned cerebellar hypoplasia. And I'm like, okay, what is this? And I did a little bit of digging, and I'm like, okay, I've seen I've seen videos online before of people with these these wobbly kittens, and you know how it's a very broad spectrum of how it affects them. Some some cats, you you know, you barely see them with any sort of affectation. Others, it's very difficult for them to to eat and sit properly, or, or you know, use the litter box. And Evie tends to be more on the milder side of that. She can get around just fine. She's limited in how high she can jump. She can get onto a, a sofa or the bed with no problem, but she's not the kind of cat that you're going to see on the kitchen counters or, or the dining room table or anything like that. So it's funny, despite her technically being a special needs cat, my fiance and I kind of feel like we've got a cat on easy mode. <laughs> so have you made so- any sort of accommodations around the house? Honestly, we were prepared to put carpet runners down because we we have seen many, many, uh, many cat owners say that some will do better having uh, having some sort of texture on the floors instead of just the hardwood floor that we have in the upstairs. But honestly, 
we the, the things that we have done or that she has needed have been somewhat minimal. You know, we we make sure that her litter box is a fully covered litter box so she has something to lean on in case she needs to. Um it's things like sometimes when we see her running her front legs and her back legs kind of go at different speeds, but Evie has the body awareness to know how to avoid a a chair that's in the kitchen. If she is, if she knows that she's careening, she knows how to dodge it. She still careens, but she doesn't careen into a chair. She just kind of drifts. <laughs> and it doesn't stop her. I think there are times that she has like sideswiped a, a wall, but it it's never I've never seen her do anything and hurt herself. And her fosters were also like, we've never seen her do anything that would hurt herself. She's 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 wobbly, but she makes she makes her way. You've only been through this process once, but did you get the feeling that there is any extra sort of care or investigation by the fostering team when you went to pick up then Tina? I mean, honestly, they didn't have a ton of information on her before they received her. The only thing that they knew uh, is that when she had been brought to them, that she had been found with kittens that were old enough that they weren't just 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 neonatal, but you know, kittens that were ambulatory and around, and they all got adopted out. Um, so they had her spayed, and they couldn't quite gauge her age. Looking at her teeth, they thought that she was about ten. And then they had some extractions and they kind of reevaluated her that they kind of downgraded that they thought she was maybe about six or seven. So we're not exactly sure how old she is, but in terms of any sort of other evaluation, it's like, no, she's, she's a bit wobbly, but she's okay. And otherwise she's, she's a very healthy cat. Um, a little bit of eye goo every now and again, but you know, that's, that's not, that's not, that's <laughs> nothing too crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I think other than that, just making sure that her teeth are, you know, her remaining teeth are, are healthy. She's actually, like I said, cat on easy mode, despite the, the label of special needs. And given your fiance's experience, mostly with outdoor cats, farm cats and such like, how has he been around Evie? Oh, duck to water. Oh, the, the, the two of them get on like a house on fire. Like... Uh, we both work from home right now. Um, I have my little home office downstairs. He has his upstairs. I'd say four four times out of five, if you ask where is Evie during the during the workday, he's up. She's up with with him. Evie sleeps on the bed with us. Most of the time, she is on his feet or in the crook of his knees. Part of me is thinking that's just because I toss and turn a lot, and he tends to be a bit of a log. So I'm just I'm just not constant enough for her. But the two of them. If if the two of us are sitting on a sofa, and if she has the choice between his lap or my lap, four out of five times it's his lap, unless I'm wearing something with fleece, in which case all bets are off. Does that ever leave you just a little bit? Why is she always with you? No, not at all. I mean, honestly, as long as she's happy, that's all I really care about. Like. There have been times that she's almost aggressively affectionate with him. It's like, oh, I just want to get off my legs. Come on. So sometimes in the middle of the night, I'm happy that she's on him instead of me. And I also realize, you know, 
the way of his alignment. You know, if there's a lap, that might be a different angle. Like if she's feeling that there's a more of a stable surface with his lap than mine, if she's worried about equilibrium, sure, get the stable surface. I I fidget, I move. He doesn't. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not jealous. Like I mean, right now she could be anywhere in the house, and right now she is curled up on a little little cozy cat bed on my on my sofa here in my home office. So she's with me right now. What is her life like around the house? Oh, pampered. Oh, completely pampered. But I think anybody says that about their pets. She's she is the quiet dictator. <laughs> but she's incredibly sweet. She doesn't really meow very much. She's very very quiet, but she chirps. She 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 squeaks. She meeps. She just yeah, just she doesn't do the on noise like you know how how we, if you wake a cat up sometimes we'll do the brrr. but she'll look at you and just go eh. or like like any like any good RuPaul's Drag Race alum she can lip sync she'll look at you open up her mouth no noise will come out but you know that there was supposed to be a meow there and I'm I'm uh, I'm just wondering what her life was like before the Fosters picked her up you know it, sometimes I see the fact that she's so comfortable with humans. She's not skittish at all. That makes me think that she was well socialized to humans from from kittenhood. But the way that she doesn't meow, which is a very, you don't see that a lot in cats that haven't been raised around humans. So it's sort of like we don't know very much about her. She wasn't chipped when when the Fosters picked her up. We don't. And she we hadn't really been spayed know. either by the signs of it. Right. Exactly. So we don't know if she was just a fearless feral or what, but she, when she came to our home for the first time and we opened up the, the carrier, there was no fear. Aiko, when we adopted her, hid behind the water heater for a good 48 hours. Like I was genuinely concerned that Aiko was stuck. You know, she just didn't want to deal with anybody. With Evie, we opened up the carrier in the, in the downstairs and she just sauntered around. I was like, oh, this is home now. Okay. Where's, you know, show me where the bathroom is. Show me where I feed. Okay. This is the new digs. This is my life now. She's so easygoing. I mean, the foster family said, Evie, or Tina, I should say, is the most chill, easygoing cat I've ever met. And now that I'm a little older and I've had more experience with other people's cats, I, I absolutely agree. Evie has completely spoiled me. I'm sure I meet my other friends and their cats and I'm like, no, Evie, Evie doesn't do that. She's just, she's our little lump, our little fuzz lump, our little Cinnabum. And she just fit so perfectly into, into this little family. It's, it's like as if she had never not been a part of this. Is that what you expected? After after seeing Ico's period of adjustment, I was expecting more of a period of adjustment. I was expecting, you know, hiding behind the water heater for a couple of days or not seeing her wander the house until late at night or her taking months and months and months to jump on the bed or interact with us or feel safe with us. Evie felt comfortable with us immediately and then safe with us very, very quickly. She felt cool hopping onto the bed, 
pretty, pretty quickly. It took her a while to become a lap cat. But when that came, she's happier nowhere else. But again, it's it's like she was never not here. What has Evie brought to you and your fiancé? She's, I mean, we, my fiance and I have made the decision to not have kids. So, I mean, and not to be of the stereotypical, oh, she's our fur baby, but like this is, she's, she's part of our family. This is, it, there's no question that she is part of this hive of this, this little unit here. It's, you know, she's only been with us for, it'll be two years in, in January, but I, I can't imagine the house without her. It's it's very, very strange for somebody who never really had much interaction with cats. Like, I can't see myself without one now, which is a little bit of a pain in the butt for my dad because he has to take a whole bunch of Claritin before he comes over. But he deals with it. Uh, but even my mom is like, oh, yeah, that's my grandkitty. She's that's my girl. That's even my mom is taken to it. But it's. It just felt so natural, just never looking back. It just, this was the one, you know, as soon as we met her, I'm like, yeah, this is our girl. Because sometimes you, you, you meet a cat either at a shelter or in a foster situation. It's like, yeah, you're, you're sweet, but mm, no, it's not the right fit. Evie for us, like I said, cat on easy mode. We could not have asked for a better, better little friend to add, to add to the family. And it sounds like Evie has found the greatest partnership for her to play her humans on easy mode as well. Oh yeah, totally. Like we we don't we don't ask much of her. <laughs> Just you know, make sure you eat your food and poop where you're supposed to poop. You're fine. It's she just she rolls the roost. You know, she wanders the house. You know, we she's not very settled. Like because of her cerebellar hyperplasia, like she can't sneak very well. She kind of stomps from place to place. And when she runs, it's like somebody spilling a thing of Scrabble tiles over the hallway. It's like you just this, but it's just it's just part of the 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 sound landscape of the house now is hearing just her her thumps around the house or or those Scrabble tiles getting poured and it's or those little squeaks. It's she's just ingratiated herself into the fabric of this house as if like like a stream flowing into the rest of the river it's just absolutely seamless with her well it's a lovely yeah. tale and sam thank you for coming on the pod to tell us it thanks for having me you and any any chance that i get to gush about my girl levy i'm i'm always happy to you've been listening to my cat's tale a spence media production Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstailpod.com and support us on Patreon. The tale of Evie there and we thank Sam for sharing that story with us. If you have a tale about your cat you can share it with our listeners as well. You'll find details on how to get in touch with me and the team here at our website mycatstailpod.com 
And as always, if you're enjoying the show, just have a little look down wherever you're listening. There'll be space to rate the show or maybe even leave a review. We'd really appreciate that. It helps more people find our feline friends and all of their fables. Ta-ra for now.